Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Well, here we go. Tennessee with a new commitment as National Signing Day. It's not just National Signing Day. It's the National Signing Period. So the balls pick up a wide receiver that definitely bolsters their class also it's a football friday with fred fred white who was a little under the weather last week the vfl will join us and we always look forward to that uh, a little bit later in the program too after we talk some football we're gonna look at rick barnes he's nominated for the naismith hall of fame as basketball's uh uh, get, uh prepares to play charleston state easy for me to say and uh, also this FSU status with the ACC. They're trying to get out as best they can. And I'm going to tell you why Josh Heupel should just start cheating. He should just start cheating. And I've said this before, and it sounds like I'm joking around, but it's true. And you got a quarterback who still is seems to be wavering based off of post. And if you haven't seen this story yet, I would encourage you to check it out on offthehooksports.com. But uh, it apparently Joe Milton's father has posted uh, some interesting comments on our YouTube message board. But aside from that, 
you also have Tennessee in a situation where I, I visited with them yesterday in their sports information department. They seem unsure whether or not Joe Milton is going to play. Well, let me tell you, kids, this is the way that bowl practice breaks up. You have a week. Usually, if you're playing in the January the 1st Bowl and it's not December the 25th or 26th, 27th, 28th, something like that, you have a week in Knoxville that's basically a game week. That's what Tennessee has been doing and preparing for Iowa. That, that They've had meetings just like they would a regular game week. The next game week is much like a game week on site at the bowl site in Orlando but you do have festivities and you have more media obligations to go to. So to some extent, I would argue that Joe Milton not making his intentions known, and he is practicing, has already hurt Tennessee, but he definitely has to let them know something by Christmas, right? I would think that. We will get to that. First, I want to talk about the ball's commitment because it is very significant. Caleb Calhoun, how are you, sir? I am great. Have y'all seen my boy, Josh, since he came back with the Grizzlies? Certified sniper. And I shouldn't use that word, but. <laughs> you shouldn't. He's maybe a certified sniper, but he also, uh, I didn't like his attitude afterwards. I'm taking receipts. No, you you need to be humble now, kid. But anyway. I think he was taking receipts on players who were balling and getting all the attention with them gone. But he is, these are the best two games I've ever seen him play. Golly, his homerisms coming out. Go I was on. the first one critical of Ja. I said, I called out his regression last year. Sorry, but you know. Okay, here we go. It is time for four downs and it's brought to you by Dynasty Spas. In Athens, we love them, and they have the spas right there in Athens that you can take a look at, then have them delivered to your home. Maybe I'm going to do that soon. It is Four Downs, and it's brought to you by Dynasty Spas, and we're going to talk about a Tennessee signee that was maybe a little late to the party, a day after the signee period opened, but he's in the party. Here we go. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs presented by Off the Hook Sports. Okay, let's tell you more about this Mr. Braswell kid as Tennessee picks up a transfer from Tulane in uh, Chris uh, Brazel. Uh, the second, he committed to Tennessee on Thursday evening, first reported by 24-7 Sports. Had a breakout redshirt freshman season for the Green Wave this fall, catching 44 passes for 711 yards and five touchdowns. Six-foot-five receiver recorded a pair of 100-yard games in 2023, eclipsing the mark in wins over Memphis and Florida Atlantic. He's out of Texas and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I absolutely love him. And I've watched his tape. He's bigger. He put on about 15 pounds. But I like him for more reasons than just that. So let's get to first down. Cooper, what should people do when it comes to hitting like and subscribe? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you. And we'll have Cooper up on the ball report brought to you by City Heating and Air later today. So we look forward to that. And what down is it, Coop? Coop here. First down. What does this commitment mean for Tennessee? Let me start with you, Caleb, and I'll give you my thoughts. It means that Tennessee has multiple options to find what we have talked about for a while now, 
in a wide receiver who dictates coverage. And that is the wide out that could either be Brew McCoy if he comes back, Mike Matthews if he's ready to go early, or Chris Brazel. There's a very slim chance none of those guys are ready to step into that role next year. I mean, there's a very slim chance. That, I mean, Brew McCoy would obviously be ready, but it's about whether or not he comes back. There's a very slim chance that none of those things happen, which it would be Brew McCoy doesn't come back and Mike Matthews and Chris Brazel aren't ready. So Tennessee's already fine on the other side. Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb can both handle the role Romel Keaton played. They're fine in the slot with Squirrel White. They'll be fine plugging Dante Thornton wherever they can. Chris Brazel, guys, here's why he transferred. He was 6'4", 175 when he got to Tulane. He's now 6'5", 190, and he's probably got another year of conditioning coming. And so he could get into the 200, 210 range and get more physical. He's transferring up because he's much better than he thought he would be after his first year at Tulane. He's, that, that happens sometimes. And so this is a perfect type of guy you want to win those 50-50 balls and things like that. And also, again, as you say, Dave, dictate coverage. No, and this is um, this is the type of guy you want. I hit a growth spurt late. You know, I grew two inches from like 17 to, to 19, 20 years old. So this is the type of guy you want. And he hit a growth spurt late. So he's a way different prospect at six foot five and 20 pounds heavier than he was as a three star coming out of Midland, Texas High School. What down, Coop? Cooper Mays here. Second down. Okay, now how would you grade Tennessee's wide receiver hall now as a group? Staley Matthews, guys you mentioned. And what are your thoughts on Tennessee's wide receiver hall when you add Brazel to the mix? It's an A. It's an, it easy is an A. a. And it may be an A plus. I like I, I like Brazel almost as much as I like uh, Jamal Wallace, who might start working with us at off the <laughs> sports. But, uh, and that's a personal reason. I love Brazel. I mean, I, I watched his tape, had time to watch his tape, and I love the upside. Caleb, finish your thoughts, and then and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on why he's different than Adante Thornton. Yeah, I love him too. And I want to point out, because people call me out all the time for saying Texas recruits are overrated. I say they're overrated because they typically hit their ceiling in high school. But Chris Razzle is different. He couldn't have hit his ceiling in high school because he wasn't big enough in high school. He had a college growth spurt. When you have a college growth spurt, you obviously didn't hit your ceiling in high school. So because of that, he doesn't fit that mold. I am a huge fan of Chris Razzle. And I think this easily gives them an A. And they have multiple options in, to go to now. And Dave, we got to be honest. I was high on them last year with people like Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod, but depending on how this receiving core shakes out, those guys might be entering the portal pretty soon. Well, I don't want to go that far. I think they're a good, I think they're good foundational players like Ramel Keaton. I think there's room for them. I don't want to go that far yet. I don't know that they're number one guys or even great explosive slot guys uh, like we've uh, seen with, uh, Squirrel White, and we saw with Jalen Hyde. Brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. We're going to take a look at how Frazzle is different from Dante Thornton in four downs. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the United States of America. In your backyard, Dynasty Pools and Spas has their showroom open in Athens with the best hot tubs and spas on the market. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastySpas.com or stop by their showroom in Athens. They deliver, too. And they've got all the chemicals for your pools and spas that all made right here locally and the best in the, and, and absolutely in the world. So go to dynastyspas.com. So what down is it? Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. 
All right. How would you uh, describe Brazel? Is he a backup plan or was he perhaps the guy that was just waiting to make his decision and it took him a little bit longer? Because it would look from the surface that he's a backup plan because he didn't sign on National Signing Day. But I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. With the national, the single National Signing Day in February, when guys went to the next day, I thought there was some indecision or maybe there was a scholarship left open. I don't – I'm beyond that thinking now. I think it literally is a period of time instead of a National Signing Day. So I don't think this is a backup plan. No, I don't think it's a backup plan. I think Josh Heupel – Look, if Josh Heupel were an NFL GM, he'd be the guy going after all the free agents that are proven over the you know, over drafting players. I think we've kind of established that, right? <laughs> he would do what Danny Ainge did to build the Celtics title team in 2008. That's Josh Heupel's method. And so I think this is, he likes potential. So he's going for Mike Matthews and guys like that, but he wants proven talent. And Chris Brazel, if you look at how he emerged, is proven talent. So I don't think he's a backup plan. And I also don't think this, Dave, People are going to say how people are going to speculate how much NIL involved. You're closer to some people in the program than I am, but my understanding is the Spire Sports has not really been directing NIL money at receivers. Sounds like Chris Brown. I'm not saying he didn't get any NIL money. I'm sure he got some, but it sounds like he didn't commit to Tennessee specifically over NIL money. I think he committed to Tennessee because of what he can do in Josh Heupel's offense. You're always going to sneak in a guy who doesn't get as much NIL money as he's worth because you're not going to walk in and say, you're not going to believe what we gave that Nico guy. And then in this class, we were throwing it everywhere. Would you like to be a ball? That's not the way you're going to position it because then he's going to say, whoa, 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 I want more money. So that leads me to why this is different than Dante Thornton, who you and I were both very high on when Tennessee signed last year. I think we're a little off on that in retrospect. He he showed signs late that he could be a good player. Then about that time got hurt. Here's why it's different. You paid a lot of cash for Dante Thornton. That took up a big chunk from what I've told of your NIL spending money in the last recruiting cycle. Plus, Dante Thornton had about 225 yards receiving at Oregon and only played because there was an injury ahead of him midseason back in 2022. This is a different guy. This is the guy on the up. This is not a guy who, no pun intended, for for an injury to the young man with the Ducks, but uh, this isn't a situation where he stumbled into a vacancy at Tennessee, which I think Dante Thornton kind of fell into the vacancy because he was willing to take the most money that he could get. Didn't really care whether it was a cane, a ball, a cock, or as a game cock. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd like that. And I, I, I just think this is a way different situation. This is a guy on the up. I, I absolutely agree. And it also says something about, I will say this, it says something about the maturity too, because look, well, you and I have talked about the immaturity of college athletes in an age of NIL. They're going to quickly follow the NIL money because we're going to get wide-eyed with money they haven't seen. I think Chris Brazel is a little bit, it, it's because of what we know, and you know more than I do, Dave, on this, but they spent most of their NIL money trying to keep players that are like Cooper Mace coming back, right? They kind of spread it out among returning guys. So, oh, yeah. so I think Chris Brazel is being a little forward thinking here. He's saying, look, I may not make the NIL money, but I guarantee you I can get some NFL money if I go to this offense. And NFL money outweighs NIL money. 
Agreed. Don't trip over nickels to make millions. Uh, Tennessee Jr. says back to being wide receiver you. Well, that's just a matter of time. I mean, that's already started with the Jalen Hyatts of the world. With the way this offense is designed, uh, receivers are going to come to Tennessee. We'll be having the conversation in five years that Tennessee is wide receiver you. We might be having it in three years. And Green, They're going to be more appealing to receivers and quarterbacks. True. And and definitely Nico is a big factor. Green Wave says Thornton will be much better than uh, with Nico tossing it his way. Hey, I, I've got respect for uh, – I've got a lot of respect for Dante Thornton and the fact that he didn't throw in the towel. I think he was taken aback by how difficult everything was to make the college transition to a, a major level. And I think that even though he came from Oregon, I think a lot was asked of him. I think he'll be better. And all I hear is that he's he, he's going to end up panning out. But it just wasn't year one, and that's understandable. Uh, I think uh, with transfer portal guys, we we consider them to be immediate impact players. That's not, not always the case. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Lastly, four down, Tennessee's wide receivers. All SEC center, Cooper Mays here, fourth down. All right, so they will be good, great, or elite if Brew comes back. And I still think there's no reason for Brew to go to the NFL. So if he comes back and he's even 90% of the receiver he was, and with modern medical technology, I think he'll be 100%. Are they good, great, or elite if Brew comes back? They're elite if Brew comes back, and they're they could possibly be elite if Brew doesn't come back. Okay, I'm gonna go good. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go great. I think they can be great. I think bare minimum now the floor is good. I think the ceiling is elite, but I'm gonna go great down the middle, which I'm not supposed to do. I'm supposed to take this hard stance, but I, I don't know that they're elite yet but if brew comes back and is anywhere close they very well could be elite Stop. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today's tough question is brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And no, I'm not picking on Joe Milton. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Celebrated a bit of an anniversary of the missus yesterday. Anniversary of our first date. I'll tell you more about that, but not any details. But we're driving back from a, a little venture in the mountains just to drive. And I'm thinking to myself, it's so odd to me that we don't 100% know who Tennessee's quarterback is going to be. So I thought I would just text somebody at Tennessee Sports Information Department. And I just said... Has Joe Milton definitely said at any point that he is going to play? And there was something that prompted this on our message board. Uh, Caleb, can you can you pull that up and read? It's it's in the story and read what uh, Joe Milton's what we believe is Joe Milton's father, and we couldn't one hundred and ten percent confirm that, but it's been consistent with other messages on our message board. So can you read that comment? Uh, 
from I think it's Joe Milton fifty seven thirty eight or what whatever it is fifty seven forty two. Okay. Yes. So the the comment is quote I understand that everyone has their opinions about my son and that's understandable. But truth be told, he has done well on what he was freaking given. So it's time to give it a rest. If my son decides to play, it's his freaking choice. And I fully stand behind any decision he chooses, unquote. Okay. There's a lot there. Uh, one, with what he's been given. So apparently Joe Milton, I guess, would be the, was he the second now. Um, or Mr. Milton. Um, apparently he's not happy with what he was given this year. I think he was given a pretty good amount of offensive talent. And I think Joe Milton, the quarterback, not the dad, is the the, the major part of the issue. So let's start with that part of it. What do, what do you make about that aspect of it that he's kind of playing the, hey, I didn't, didn't have what Hendon Hooker had card? I'm going to give his dad a break on this front. I'm not here. I think he would, I think he entered the season with a good amount of talent. Joe Milton dealt with a lot more injuries surrounding the team than Hendon Hooker did last year. And so a lot more young guys that weren't really ready to step into the rules kind of came in. Look, we talk about things like Dave, you talked to me about this at the beginning of the year, Josh Heupel, for instance, that receiver, he has three receivers. They take all the first team reps. So if somebody gets hurt, somebody else is not ready to go in that moment. And that happened a couple of times. Now, look, Joe Milton is not, I'm sorry. Y'all can, I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Joe Milton, the second uh, Joe Milton jr. I guess he would be Joe Milton. The second, I don't know. I mean, you would I be the sorry. singular. I, I'm, I'm the second. They went with the second over junior. So I think he's just singular. Okay. So I am sorry to you to say this, but Joe Milton is not as good as Hendon Hooker. He's just not. Now that does not mean that everything that happened this year was his fault. And Dave and I have never actually said that. If it, Dave, two days ago on the show, defended things that were working against Joe Milton, the Cooper Mays injury we brought up. We've 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 highlighted that. We've highlighted the loss of Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. We've highlighted the injury to Brew McCoy. Okay, we know that Joe Milton was dealing with a lot of things this year. So I am going to be fair on that regard. I don't, I will say this, I don't think his dad was attacking the talent around Joe Milton. I think it was just, the constant attrition from injuries made it difficult for anybody to get a rapport this season. I think that's what he's saying. That does not fully let Joe Milton off the hook, though. Dylan says Joe held the offense back, but love Joe. But if Hendon had this offense, we'd have won 10 games again this year. Do you agree with that? Oh, they I do. Definitely beat, they, they beat Florida. Who else are they beating, though? I, I That's the only one I can say is Florida. I say, well, I say nine. I don't want to get caught up on that. But what I want to discuss is the fact that if, if Joe Milton, now this could be some sort of ruse that Tennessee's Josh Heupel doesn't want you to know that Nico's going to run out there first. That so it could be. Coaches do that. Okay, it could be a ruse, but I don't think it is. I, I think this is Joe Milton based off his father's comment on our YouTube page. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Turn your notifications on. It leads me to believe he really doesn't know. And I'm sorry, but this is big boy time. And when Off the Hook Sports hired Caleb, he had to make a decision. And I think it was a couple of days that Caleb said that he, he, he wanted to work together. And I was very happy. But he didn't drag it on for what essentially is two weeks now and into game prep this decision should have been made and announced before they went to practice last Friday. 
this is a good way to leave a negative memory as you walk out the door. Okay, what if he says when they land, and you've got one walkthrough left before Tennessee goes on site. They land on the 26th um, in Orlando, and they'll begin practice on the 27th, and they'll have a game week. Okay, so what if he announces on the 26th that, hey, I'm not going to play? Or what if he announces that today? Or what if he announces that Saturday or Christmas Day? Here's my present to you, Tennessee fans. I'm not going to play in the bowl game. So you can now buy your tickets and have more fun watching Nico because I know that's what you really want. Merry Christmas. Uh, Joe on the go instead of Elf on a Shelf. Well, if if Joe is on the go, he needs to have already let his team know that so they can prepare. Because the first team reps, who I'm told are going to Joe and Nico pretty evenly split and have been for months, need to be going to Nico and Gaston Moore. Because if you're not going to play, you're not going to play. It's not a situation where you're like that third string quarterback in the NFL, the emergency quarterback. No, if you're worried about getting hurt, then you're not even going to get dressed. So if you're unsure, it's time to get sure. It's time to sit down with a counselor, the family, your best friend, your girlfriend, whoever it is, and let them know this is absolutely unfair to the program if they're still in decision. And I'm I'm telling you guys, I I don't get a sense from the fall report, and nobody's told me, Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays have not told me personally, but I don't get the sense that they know. And I don't get the sense that Tennessee Sports Information Department, based off text yesterday, knows. If the team doesn't know, that's just downright dastardly at this point. Dave, I didn't even think about that until you just said it. But his that tweet makes it very clear that Joe Milton doesn't know. I thought he was sure the minute you told me he was practicing last week with the team. But you're too. right. And, and here's what, by the way, also, forget the team. Let's think Joe from a selfish perspective, if you're Joe Milton at this point, think about yourself, Joe. Do you really want to go play in a bowl game when you weren't even that you weren't even sure you were going to play in a week before? Do, do you really think you, Jay, let's be honest. If you're this unsure about playing in a game, is there any possibility that you play well in that game? I don't yeah, care if it's Peyton Manning. Yeah, if you're a week removed, well, a little bit more than a week. If you're a week removed, no. I mean, I, I don't know that you're – are you taking everything seriously? Are you going to every single meeting? I think we've all been short-timers at work, right? Do you work as hard yeah. if you give your two-week notice as not? No, and, and me drinker brings up, he could be playing chess. I totally agree, and if this is gamesmanship and everybody's on the same page, I will eat my words. Dylan, who and I – he and I think a lot alike too often. Maybe we could see the same therapist. Dylan says, to be fair, Joe isn't known as a quick decision maker. It looks like that wow. outside the pocket, too. Whoa! Whoa, the way, We have to put this on Josh Heupel, too, because honestly, Josh Heupel should have been the one that should have given Joe a deadline. You got till now to tell me if you're playing in the bowl or not. I mean, so that's, you, that's how you do this. If you had a today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com, over 40 years of experience in real estate in Knoxville, and... I'm telling you what, I'll just give you the best prices and best service in the biz. If you like that, that's pretty good. Do you believe this could be just those? It could be in-house. If you had a better mortgage, do you believe it's in-house and they know what's happening? Or do you believe Joe Milton is uh, undecided? And Travis said, 
I think low hanging fruit. I don't think it's low hanging fruit when his dad posted on the message board yesterday. I think it's in house and it's been decided. And the only reason is like, again, like I just thought of what coach would let any player do this. I mean, Josh Heupel, again, if you're Josh Heupel, you don't, don't you give the quarter, don't you give any player like a time frame to let them know what they're going to do or else you go ahead and move on for the bowl game. I hope it's in house. Uh, sets a bad standard moving forward. There's no question about it. Fred White will join us next as uh, Tennessee loses a player that I think is pretty surprising, uh, potentially in the transfer portal. We'll get his thoughts on the secondary that's going to be revamped next year. The VFL is always great to talk to. It's Football Friday with Fred. We will be joined by Fred White. I remind you that portions of the program are brought to you by friends at Apex Apparel Group. Design, brand, market your way. Unique products to promote your business with unparalleled customer service. Complete outfitting of your business. Call Tyler, whether it's shirts, mugs, whatever you need, 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001, or it's right down below. Go to yourapexapparelgroup.com. Dot com. Fred White up next. Two minutes. Caleb Calhoun, Dave Hooker, off the sports. Sand and salt water? The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. So a couple more thoughts from the message board. Rocky Top Tom saying Joe's dad is probably 
upset. I'll substitute the word over how many people are insulting of his son instead of just being objectively and duly honest. People can say he didn't cut the cheddar without being mean. Are people being mean out there to Joe Milton? I haven't, I haven't I've, heard anybody be mean to Joe Milton. I haven't really gotten that feel. Is that something um, on, on the Let's message? Be fair. Let's also be fair. Joe Milton's dad from the other side, he's just giving his thoughts, which I think is totally fair. It's not, this is not an Arian Foster situation whose mom would get on the message boards and ask people to be banned for talking about him. If you remember that. Uh, yes, I would say this though, that it's not wise for anybody in the Milton camp to be posting on message boards, even though it provides content and it's great for us. Uh, that's not what I think you would want your dad or you would do. Yeah. If somebody ever came to me on like Twitter or YouTube, I would tell my parents, I'm like, don't you dare send any tweet like on my behalf, like stay out of it. Stay out of my, stay out of my Twitter beef with everybody from Lipscomb who hates me. Okay. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it Drew Brees's wife who used to always rip people and rip the media and call. no, no, no. That was uh, the, the uh, grocery bagger guy. Um, wife? Yeah. Kurt Warner's wife was known for calling talk shows and posting and defending. Uh, well, remember when husband. Wes Welker's wife just like publicly trashed Ray Lewis after the uh, uh, Ravens beat the uh, Patriots in the playoffs like 10 years ago, brought up his murder yeah. charge and everything like that. And I'm like, was it, did, well, he should, well, he should have been ripped since he, I don't know, murdered a man. Portions oh, no, of the he program. Helped, he, he assisted in the murder game. Yeah. Game. Okay. Okay. Portions of the program. It's called conspiracy. Everybody's charged with murder at that. But point. she said it out of anger. It's like, okay, families, stay out of your family members. Like, if they're in sports, don't go public saying stuff. You just embarrass them. Like Greg Jennings' sister trashing Aaron Rodgers. That's another one. Yeah. Very true. Portions of the program and the Vol Report with Cooper Mays, which comes up later today. We're just going to sit down and dive into his decision. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. Brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. City Heat and Air, 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust that fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you you need a new unit that could cost thousands or more. Go to cityheatandair.com, cityheatandair.com, and you will be happy that you did. All right, so... Um, let's get to this latest cheating allegation. Here is, here is my take on this completely. And I, again, had some time to think as it took a, a few hours off yesterday. And this struck me. Do you know what Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is in trouble for? Do you, do, have you looked into it, Caleb? You probably have. It's another secondary violation from the COVID-19 era of recruiting, isn't it? Well, it's it's an issue in which the player it, – it's lying to the NCAA, or at least being misleading. Okay, so some players on their own, they show up to campus, he meets them and buys them lunch. The NCAA says, are you aware of that? He says, I don't recall, which is fair. It's been a few years. And then they said, here's the receipt. Do you recall? Okay. You, you, you knew. Uh, and he goes, I, I, I don't recall. Well, I think that Josh Heupel, given the fact that Jim Harbaugh is just going to get suspended again, should openly be a cheater. Why not? Because you don't get in trouble. You just get suspended. So I want to dive into that. But first, uh, let's take a look at uh, Tennessee's roster. And do we have breaking news that Jordan Seaton is finally a Buffalo? Is that somebody's posted our message board? Can we... Can we look that up as, uh, as well? Boo, too. Somebody jokes around. 
But let's go to Fred White as uh, Fred can give us some insight like nobody else can. And we love visiting with Fred when it comes to uh, Tennessee football, but especially when it comes to the secondary. So let's bring Fred White in here now. Fred White, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, we appreciate uh, Fred each and every Friday. It's a football Friday with Fred. Did that season go by fast for you or slow? It went by fast, actually. Yeah. It seems like it did anyway. No, it, it definitely did. All right. So, Fred, this secondary, I think uh, every defensive back at, at, on Tennessee's roster at least entered the portal to take a look. Certainly, it seemed like one end up, mm-hmm. ended up at Ole Miss. What are, your, what are your thoughts on just the concept of putting together a new secondary in a calendar year? How, how difficult can that be? Well, I, it, it can be difficult, yes, but you do have spring and summer to get ready for the next season. Um, it's just the work you put in. Um, I like to see these guys get in the film room once they get on campus and understand and learn the defense as well as work on technique, whether you have to do that on your own or with your coach or whatever it may be. In order to be able to get – we're in a different era where you are going to be expected to do some things before you get here or on your own. Um, it's not as as inclusive as it used to be when I played when we had individual drills where we did just footwork and those type of things. I look at it now from a standpoint of when these guys come in, they might have to go do footwork on their own, which I don't necessarily like myself, but I feel like you got to come with certain things now that you didn't have to come with before. Um, and that is just technique. And those things you got to work on and you need to be good at uh, when you get here. Because I don't know if we have the time anymore to do those things or they're just not taking it as a coaching, um, you know, when guys get on campus. I, I think in order to play in the position, technique is, is the number one thing to get you there. It's repetition after repetition after repetition. And we got kids now that we are paying to go to school. So now you're a most or you're not necessarily a student athlete anymore. You're a student who works as a football player, <laughs> if you ask me. If you had a job on campus, you'd be a student who had a job on campus. Well, you do have a job on campus. You just get a chance to leave campus sometimes to go perform that job. So I think you're professionals now. So now you got to think like a professional and go out and do the things you're supposed to do as a professional. So it is Wesley Walker who's entered the transfer portal. Let me get your thoughts on him as a player um, and and just what Tennessee uh, could could lose if Wesley Walker does indeed go elsewhere. Wesley Walker. I mean, we're going to lose something regardless of which players we get. I mean, we're losing something with Tyler Barron. We're losing something with every kid that's going to leave and that has left. McDonald. Um, I thought he brought something to the table as well. I don't know what it's going to take to keep guys, but I I do think the game is changing, and I think we need to change with the times and change with the game. Um, At some point, I think one of these colleges is going to end up having a general manager where they start trying to figure out how to slot guys when it comes to how much money you can make and have a, um, a, um, a salary cap or whatever it may be. I just think those things are coming down the pipe. I think all those things are happening sometime soon. 
Yeah, and I think right now you're depending on an outside collective to do it, which I don't know that they always have. What I'm not ripping Spy or any other collective. I don't know they always have your best interest at heart. Their their job is to make money. Caleb? Yeah, so Fred, uh, obviously Wesley Walker's in the portal. Now he's probably not coming back. And Jalen McCullough is out of eligibility. So both safeties are gone. Looking at that, I, I want to you know, kind of zoning in beyond just on the macro scale of attrition. Were there players in the system last year that you feel like, you know, maybe Jordan Thomas or Christian Harrison that will be ready to step in and fill those voids next year? Or do you think that's still a major question mark with both safeties gone? I think it's still a major question mark. We, we didn't see a lot of those other guys on on the field during football season. So we don't know what they have, you know, in store for us, what they can do for us, what their capabilities are. Um, but I will say, I mean, when you get your opportunity, you you go out and you give it everything you have. And you, that's your opportunity to show and shine what you can and cannot do, you know. Um, are we at a disadvantage at the moment? Yeah, we had, we had two starting safeties that are no longer on our football team. I mean, they were starters for a reason. So – not having them on, on your on your roster does hurt you some. Um, but I, I look at it from a standpoint of you have to figure out how to keep guys on campus, whether that be through relationships or whether, whether it's an NIL situation or whatever it may be. I just feel like at some point, you're not gonna be able to pay one guy a lot of money and, no, and the other guys get nothing. Guys are flipping just for $25, hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever it may be i think it's going to come a time where you got to figure out we're in a wild wild west at this part right now there's going to have to be some some regulations come down the pipe somewhere that that changes these things because if i got more money than you i can basically get a new roster in six months a full new roster and then and then i think what hurts and I think this affected Tennessee was the $8 million reportedly promised to Nico. I'll let him pronounce the name, Fred, because it's easier than me doing it. Um, I, I, I think there were some players, and this happened to a much larger extent at AM, but I think there were some players on Tennessee's roster that said, you know, I've already kind of proven myself. Why, why does a guy that has just played high school ball get $8 million? And I, I don't I don't really blame them whatsoever. I may have my years off a little bit, but it would be much more wise for Tennessee back in your day to have found NIL money to pay you, to pay Dion, to pay Al Wilson, than it would have been to go get a quarterback, Casey Clawson, and pay him $8 million. I think you got to take care of in-house, and I think that's what, nil is going to develop into but how quickly can that become an issue in the locker room if a freshman walks in and he's making eight million and you're maybe making a hundred grand it changes a lot of things it's like it's kind of like when the nfl had a situation where guys were getting drafted out of college and were making more than some guys who have been starters in the nfl you know at the same position and then they change it. They change the scale on how that works. And you know now you got the rookie minimum, rookie, the rookie uh, maximum that you can only make. And you know you got to prove yourself in order to, be able to get those newer, bigger deals and those type of things. But guys were coming out making more money than any guy who 
played that position and hadn't touched the football field yet. So the NFL made a change in those in those regards to to kind of even that out some. Um, I can recall not not saying that Eric Berry didn't deserve every last bit of it, but he came into the NFL as the number one paid safety, and he hadn't played it loud in the NFL. A good point. You know, so you know what I mean. And I know a lot of guys had issues with that. That was the last year of those type of contracts because those contracts went away after that. The new CBL agreement was signed, and then they changed how rookies got paid. But um, that's that's one of the things I think. You know, you got to figure out those things. But ultimately, I think it's about relationships and trying to figure out how do you not t- <laughs> take care of your guys on your team already. Amen. Amen. And it's funny because I think we all thought the quarterback getting the money as opposed to the left guard not getting the money would be the issue. What it's turned out to be, it's the proven players versus the unproven players. Mm-hmm. That's That's been the rub. We didn't, we didn't expect that. Uh, Fred's Appearance brought to you in part by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Do me a favor. Go ahead and go online, TN Cider Company. It's right down below. Use the promo code HAT to get some free swag. And there's big things changing at Tennessee Cider Company, and we love being associated with them. Caleb? Yeah, uh, Fred, uh, funny enough, just a quick side when we're talking about this NIL money, Arch Manning hasn't played a down of college football. He's making $2.5 million. Brock Purdy, who is an MVP candidate, isn't even making a million in the NFL right now. <laughs> but why would you leave? That's another reason of not leaving. Why would I leave college if I could make this type of money playing? You know, and I look at it from a different standpoint of. I do understand that NIL started what two years ago. Yeah, I think uh, Bryce Young was the first with the big contract. He got like a million before he okay. stepped on the field at Alabama. So that was about four years ago. That was two. It was 2021 heading into 2021 when he got okay. the deal. Right. All right. I do understand that the kids that are not getting paid are going to get cycled out anyway. Because in the next two years, everyone who's come out of high school is pretty much going to get paid before they go in. So I do understand that they're probably forward thinking and saying, okay, well, if you blow up this year, we'll pay you. But we're paying the guys that are already coming in, and most of the guys that are going to come in within the next three years are going to already be the guys that are getting paid anyway. So those guys are going to be getting paid regardless from the time they start. Well, um, yeah, I I think that you've got to figure out a better way to do this. Eventually, doesn't it have to go through the university, Fred? I mean, I know that sounds insane, but it's going to have to go through the university at some point and how this money gets divvied up. You're not going to depend on a third person. I I mean, I don't think the collective arrangement with the way they have it, not just Spire or Tennessee, but all together. I don't know why you would want a third person in your business. I mean, I don't know about you and me, but. Um, you, you and I do some business together, and we don't have a, a third person that's taken ten percent. I mean, what's I think it's, I think it's you can't tell this person who to hire, who to sign with either, though. That that's something that's going to change. So if you if, if you if it's just university doing it, and a guy says I don't want to be I don't want to be represented by the university, I want to be represented by my mom. Hmm. You're not going to be able to tell that kid he can't do that legally. You know what I mean? Well, no, that's a fair point too. I mean, I really honestly hadn't. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that's why we have Fred on. 
Uh, again, brought to you in part by our friends at Herald Group Security Solutions. They can make your workplace safer. HeraldGRP.com, leadership experience specialization. Call that administrator and say, I want my kids to be safer at school. We're in private schools now. We're going to get to public schools or I want my workspace to be safer. They can take care of that as well. Herald Group Security Solutions. Caleb? Fred, uh, when we speak about incoming guys and stuff like that, uh, I, I forgot to mention because I mentioned Harrison and Thomas, uh, but also Jacoby Thomas, who uh, has transferred from MTSU, is at safety, who might be an option for Wesley Walker. But then there's this guy I'm sure you've heard of that we've been talking about for months now, an incoming recruit, Boo Carter. And uh, mm -hmm. reporter we had from the, a reporter we had from the Chattanooga hinted that he may be as ready to step in as a freshman at safety as Eric Berry was in 2007, which is an insane comparison to me, but he said it. And so what are your thoughts of a <laughs> look on Fred's face for those <laughs> on YouTube? I mean, if you're, you're missing a little, if you're on the audio platform, because the look on Fred's face <laughs> as ready as Eric Berry, I'm going to let Caleb finish the question, but along those lines, he has been told by a source mm -hmm. close to him, Fred, mm -hmm. that they expect him to be the starting strong safety. You've made that transition from a great athlete to a strong safety. I, I want to follow up on that, but Caleb, you finish. <laughs> How rare is it to be able to step in and start at strong safety as a freshman in the SEC? And how unlikely is this uh, assertion? Uh, you have to be a special player for sure. And I, I'm not doubting that Boo is that. I've seen him play. I think he can give us a lot in that secondary. Um, I think the thing I had the, the challenge with more so than anything was that, like Eric Berry, hey, man, yeah. focus on being the best boo carter you can be. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. No, I don't like when people can do the comparisons. You know that, Dave. No, I, I, hate the, I hate the comparisons. You and John Chavis. Chavis used to look at me like I said something about his mother when I said, who does he remind you of? That He hated I hate that. I hate that. I do, man, because it's like, I mean, maybe like this, but not exactly, because those people are anomalies most of the time. I mean, you're talking about Eric Berry, the guy who, like I said, came out as the highest paid safety in the NFL as in, in the draft, who was up for the Heisman as a safety. Probably would never happen again. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I much rather him just come be the best boo card he can be and and learn what he needs to learn. He's coming in early, so you got a spring and a summer. Now, when I got moved to strong safety, did I think I could start? Absolutely. I never touched the football field and I think I could start. But, I mean, that job is up to your coaches to figure out whether you're going to be the guy on the football field or not. But I also don't like telling somebody you're going to come in and start. I don't yeah. like that. Come well, work, get your position. Come take somebody's spot. I agree. Now, to be fair, that's coming from Boo Carter's camp. That's not coming from my sources at Tennessee. So mm -hmm. that, that could be him blowing it up a little bit. But let, let's go because this is very interesting because for those that don't know, and you think of Fred White as almost a, a smaller, faster linebacker and what he became at Tennessee because he could drop the boom. He could uh, certainly cover people, but he was known for his, uh, his physicality. What you don't know is, is probably that Fred was one of the greatest the sprinters in his class in the United States of America and had aspirations of running the 100 meters uh, in the Olympics, which were going to be in Atlanta that year. So mm -hmm. here's what people need to understand about Fred. He showed up a lot like Boo Carter. 
And there were a lot of guys that had similar skill sets at the cornerback position. Correct me if I say any of this wrong. And they went to Fred and they said, this is how selfless that 98 team was, which is why I would encourage you to buy the book, not just because it helps me financially and provides for a greater Christmas, but you can order <laughs> down below. But this is this is what you may not understand. Fred put on, what, 20 pounds and became a strong safety. Fred didn't show up as the guy that he ended up becoming in his freshman year. You redshirted your freshman year, right? I know you had mm-hmm. a tragedy in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that and but how difficult was it to to move to the inside almost in in the tackle box put on 20 pounds or tell me how however many pounds it was what is boo carter facing if he does indeed end up at strong safety because uh right now he, he certainly isn't that big he's listed uh, by most places at 510 185 that's about right. That's what I came in as. Is it? Yep. You're about. Five, you, am five, I taller five, than you? Well, take that back. Let me say that again. I, height wise, I was taller, of course. Okay. But weight wise, I was the same, 185. Um, I did put on 15 pounds and to move to safety and then put on another five my junior and senior year. So, yeah. Um, I think his move from being a I came from being a corner to being a safety. Honestly, I don't know how I could just tell somebody how to transition. It's got to be a mindset shift, too, because you're moving positions. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move to safety. I was a corner. I was a cover corner. That was my thought process. However, you mean to tell me I'm going to get on the field faster this way? Okay. I'm just going to go out here and prove to you that I can play the position. I'm going to go out here and prove to you that I can make it work. That's the whole thought process for me. Okay, you move me to this position. I'm going to go out here and do everything I can to learn the defense and prove to you that I'm the best player on the field. That was my thought process every day. It's a mindset shift. You can't just say, uh, well, this is what's going to make you best. No, you got to go out there and immerse yourself into the position and get the job done. That's it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Fred, um, speaking on a larger, well, speaking on conditioning and things like that, real quickly, we'll get back to this. I just want you to address a rumor real quick because I, I was two weeks years two weeks ago years old when I heard about the rumor of um, the Nebraska teams you were playing that allegedly the strength and conditioning programs had steroids. What do you make of those I'm, rumors? I'm pretty sure that they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you even went that way, Caleb, but that was gold. Why do you think that? I'm pretty sure they did. I ain't never been manhandled by no man on a football field or any uh, anywhere else otherwise. And there was no way that they were that strong. It's not possible. I just don't understand <laughs> and I don't believe it. I just don't. There have been – I didn't realize how – I'm sure you've heard of the rumors, right, At the, about them? 
from that era. And I mean, we yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I truly believe it too. I, I'm not the only person that does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of the guys that played on my team felt like that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I thought so. Um, sorry, I just had I'm, to get that. I mean, in I'm, I'm just being honest. You asked the question, I'm going to give you the honest answer. It's my honest opinion. Were they on steroids? Absolutely. <laughs> more so the '99, but most of the '97 squad than the '99 one. I think the '97 squad. I think those boys had something extra. I don't know what it was that was extra, but it was something. <laughs> That's, uh, it was. It was the Michael Jordan secret stuff from Space Jam. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not trying to take away from the fact that they kicked out. They whooped our butts. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm just going off my personal experience. The guy that I went up against on kickoffs and punts and punt returns, man. Let me tell you something. I don't know if I I've never in my life been blocked by one person <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> Ever, I ain't been blocked by Chad Clifton, who's a who's probably should be a Hall of Famer in the NFL. I, I mean, I've won my battles against just about everybody I've went up against. I've lost a few, but I've won a lot. I've won some against those those guys too. Same guys, you know what I mean? And some guys you're talking about that are very strong on our own football team. You're not gonna tell me that guy is stronger than him, no. And I watched them do it naturally. You know what I mean? Like. Don Walker and Ron and Ron Green and those guys being they they lift five hundred pounds, or Jamal Lewis and Al Wilson almost at five hundred pounds and stopping them. I know they didn't take any steroids. There's a different type of level of strength, right? And having a person where you couldn't even break the block, like hold on, man, let's say <laughs> something's wrong. Well, you you, you have <laughs> well, yeah, and. And I tell you, once one person in a a locker room starts taking it, it spreads pretty quick. So it's not surprising to me that a culture of a program might include that. I don't want to point any fingers, but my senior year, the Powell High School Panthers played for a state title when they never had before. And... I don't know if it was artificially enhanced, but it probably was. <laughs> I just, I mean, I mean we went, uh, the, the, our, our football team at our high school went from like losing six games or eight games a year to the, suddenly you're playing Brentwood Academy for the state title. I mean. Well, and Fred, you bring up what you talk about, like getting manhandled on those blocks and like most of those Nebraska players never played a snap in the NFL. If they were that strong, they would have loaded up the NFL, wouldn't they? <laughs> I, I would have thought so myself. Did you ever face, by the way, Grant Wistrom, his name even sounds like a steroid. Isn't there uh <laughs> what's the steroid that sounds like Wistrom? Uh, do you, do you know, Fred? I can't, I can't, I'm I, up. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not playing a Wistrom. And, 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 and again, I'm, I'm only going off my personal experience with the person that I went up against on several occasions in that football game. Hey man, there's no way you're that strong on every play. It's not, <laughs> not naturally. I don't believe it. Mm. I All wanted right, to. Sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. Go ahead, and then I, I got something I want to pass along to Fred. Winstraw. It's get... Winstraw. He was Grant Winstraw. That was his name. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. I, I, wanted, I wanted to get back to um because we were talking <laughs> nil and stuff because um on a overall broad scale, I'm sure you've seen Ole Miss is just opened up the checkbook to get everybody they can in the portal to try to build a national title team right now. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Lane Kiffin's girlfriend is going to get too old and she's going to enter the transfer portal soon and he's going to find a new girlfriend. But <laughs> I mean, she's what? Like, she's like 24. I mean, isn't he Leo DiCaprio at this point? Once she's 25, he's got to find a new one. But anyway, she was, she was 25 two years ago. So if it's the same one, she's 27 now because the SEC oh, okay. asked about it. All right. Anyway. Um, so, oh, wow. but Brad, is it? Wow. You played on a team that. The national title team, I felt like what helped y'all win was how close-knit and bonded y'all were through chemistry, through years of just being in the trenches together. Can college football, can you really build a national title team through the portal in just a one-year renting of a player without without any type of bonding at all that happens? That, that's gonna be, that remains to be seen. I haven't seen the team do it yet. Every team that I've actually seen win the national championship in this era has been a team that's had continuity and their players have, you know, worked together to get to where they're going. You know, Georgia, Alabama, you know, those type of things. I'm looking at it from that standpoint, Ohio State. One of the teams are always in the, you know, top 10 or top five or whatever it may be, Michigan. Those schools don't have as many big name wholesales coming in to their school to be a part of something. I kind of liken it to, um, the commanders now who used to be the Redskins, when the Redskins would go out and get every major player that they could possibly find, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it still didn't work because you didn't have that locker room camaraderie, that locker room continuity, that locker room chemistry. Those things you got to be able to fix too because if you're, getting, if you're bringing in these guys because you're paying money to them, imagine the egos in that locker room. Your head might explode just walking in the locker room. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty of sure egos that are in it. And I'll tell you, and those for, are Fred. I'll tell you for local tie too. I think a lot of those guys turned on Albert Hainsworth before they even met him because yep. of the contract. Because of the contract. Yep. And that, yeah. that those are those are things that you look at now, and you you got to mesh those guys with the guys you already have on your campus. So you think we have issues at our school? Just imagine the issues they're going to have because they paid all these guys to come in, and then you got this guy that been on that team, been working his butt off to try to get to that starter position. He doesn't have one deal how is he gonna feel is he still gonna be there next year is he's not gonna get into the portal right after signing day you don't know what's gonna happen with that you know what i mean you are adding people and pieces to your table but here's the thing we're entering into college football free agency which means you got to figure out to find out ways to to organize and manage this situation that's not something that you're gonna be able to do just all the time something's gonna happen somewhere there's gonna be a rule somewhere that comes along that changes some of these things but as far as the continuity part and the chemistry part of your locker room you're bringing egos into it bigger egos because they left a certain place because their ego was so big they had to leave because they weren't making enough money right yep now you put those same egos in your locker room how do you manage those I was told by one person that a guy they got last year had nothing to do with who he liked. I think I've shared this with Caleb. I know I've shared this with our audience, but not you. It was just whoever would give him $100,000 more. Uh, Scott was nice enough to say uh, on the book, uh, celebrate uh, 98, the untold stories behind the Tennessee Vols 1998 National Championship, that it was a great book, great job, Dave, very good read. It wouldn't have happened without Fred White. So, Wanted to take a second. You can certainly still order the book. We'll try to get it to you by Christmas. That's going to be difficult, but we'll try. We've got a couple of Fred White autographed copies as well. But again, I wanted to say a Merry Christmas to you and your family, Fred. I've expressed before that book would have never happened without you. And I mean that. And um, for you to come out of the couple of signings 
meant a lot as well. And uh, I, I can assure you we will continue uh, working together. And uh, you're more than just uh, uh, somebody we have on the show. You're, you're, you, you mean a lot to me. And I hope nothing but the best for you uh, in this Christmas season and for 2024. Yeah, likewise, man. Thank you. I appreciate um, having the platform to be able to speak and you know talk to people and you know talk about UT football and football in, in general. In general, a lot has been given to me or been afforded to me by playing this game, and I'm appreciative of that. Um, I enjoy the platform. I enjoy being here, and this game of football is. It's something I love to talk about. I'll talk about it in my sleep sometimes, probably. Um, I don't know that because I don't. And I don't know that. <laughs> I've never heard myself not, in my sleep. Yeah, I don't I'm know pretty sure I do. I've never slept together. <laughs> um, and, and, and the thing is. We absolutely not, Dave. No, we absolutely have not. not. We have not. And we didn't even mention, we didn't even mention the C word, the citrus bowl. That actually is a topic. So we're going to have you on next week. And we're actually going to talk about a football game instead of cash. How about that? There's probably going to be some cash involved in that too, Dave. I'll tell you what, though. Fred, wait. I would love for you, I would love for the players to get it more than those old rich goofballs that lead bowl committees. Absolutely. Let me say this real quick before I leave. Chip Kelly made it, had an interview recently, and I literally agree with a lot of the points he made. Whereas you may want to just get away, get do away with the conferences, and just put them all in, in as independents when it comes to football, but leave the conferences for other sports. I think that's a pretty good idea in some ways, because otherwise it's going. It's, I think something like this is going to happen at some point. I think the NCAA is going to be done. It's going to be something else. Whatever it is, I want to be a part of it. Let's go ahead and get started. Love it. All right. Uh, we certainly appreciate you as always, Fred. Merry Christmas, my man. Merry Christmas to you guys. I mean, have a good one, Caleb. Till next year. Actually, we'll, we'll, no, we, we'll, we'll see each other next week, Fred. Yeah, everybody gets messed <laughs> up on the calendar. I do too. I'm not even sure if it's Friday. I think it is. What, what is today? Oh, <laughs> we 20, do have another Friday seconds. before the year's out. All right. Well, I'll yeah. see y'all next week. Have a blessed day. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about that insight and what Boo Carter has to do? I mean, he did the exact same thing. People don't know. Fred Reddit ran a 10, 200 meter dash. He was going to potentially be in the Olympics if he would have just focused on sprinting. But he shows up at Tennessee. This is how selfless he is. So if you don't hit the like and subscribe button and turn the notifications on to that, I question your vol card. And he shows up and they say, you got to eat. And he eats himself into a strong safety when he wanted to be a cover corner. That's as selfless as they come. And that's what Celebrate 98 the book is really all about. That is. That's that that's extremely selfless. Um luckily now I and I don't know what the um I don't know what the palate was and the meals were like at Tennessee for the athletes in the 90s. I don't know if they're as high end as they are now. No, they weren't. Um, and Sundays they did the, the cafeteria, the the players' cafeteria closed at eleven a.m. on Sundays. That's why they had to have the cookouts that they bonded over. Nowadays, you could go get a filet mignon at nine p.m. on a Sunday night. No, it's yeah. it's. I mean, literally, you could go get you could pick between shrimp, filet, whatever you want. 
9 p.m. on a Sunday night. Portions of the program brought to you by friends at the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety and great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with two T's. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. All right, it is time for Josh Heupel just to start cheating. I'm advocating it. I'm saying that it needs to be done for a couple of different reasons, and I'm going to lay it out, and it has to do with Michigan because you just can't get in trouble. You can't get punished enough, and it's time to start cheating. Do what you got to do, Josh Heupel. Just go ahead and walk right through the gray area into cheating. Two minutes. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. It's cheating time. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Tennessee needs to cheat. Cheat, cheat, cheat. Cheat, 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 cheat. And I know this is the time where it's a very religious time. And we should be the best human beings we can. But there is not a commandment in the Bible that says thou shall not meet with prospects uh, when they're not supposed to. There's also not a law on the books that said it is uh, law misdemeanor 824.698. 
that you should not meet prospects when you're not supposed to. Bruce Pearl did that. Bruce Pearl fibbed to the NCAA and UT about it. Cost him his job. Jim Harbaugh is doing that right now. He met with a couple of kids, bought them a burger. He wasn't supposed to do that. He said, I don't recall. Cocky, I don't recall. Bruce Pearl actually had that sort of leverage at the time, and Mike Hamilton didn't back him. For right or wrong, I don't think you lie to your boss. So you don't lie to UT if you're Josh Heupel. You don't lie to UT. You don't lie to the NCAA. But the balls got off pretty darn easy with some major sanctions under Jeremy Pruitt. So they know how to handle that. And I think it's time for Tennessee, however you have to do it. And now it's not paying kids because you can pay them. It's illegal contact. Do it. Cheat. Because the NCAA has no teeth. Zero whatsoever. Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended again for Michigan for the third time in less than a calendar year. He is going to be suspended for this. He was suspended for having a person on his staff attending other games, scouting opponents, which is clearly a violation. He was also suspended earlier in the year by the NCAA. At what point is he the interim coach if he's suspended for seven games a year and he coaches less games than he's actually in attendance for? Josh Heupel, I'll back you. I will all out say you're doing the right thing to make Tennessee better. If you go out there and you skirt the rules, you meet with prospects when you're not supposed to, you know the ways you could cheat and make Tennessee's program better than I do. But err on the side of cheating because it's not immoral. So don't give me that on the message board. Hey, this is immoral, Dave. You're asking him to do something like lying or stealing. No, God said don't do that. Our government says don't shoot people. We've got laws. We've got, we've got commandments. But these are rules by a group that can enforce them. And I quite honestly, and I think you can probably tell it by my voice, Caleb, I get frustrated that these things are even still news. I had this conversation 10 years ago. I can't remember who was getting away with it. But aside from lying to UT or lying to the NCAA, which Jim Harbaugh has done and he's going to get with it, but he's going to get away with it. But lying is in the Bible. Cheat. Cheat. So try to argue, if you can, the moral side of it, Caleb, for a second. Because I don't know. We purposefully went into this not knowing if we agreed with each other. At our 3.45 a.m. meeting, we said, I don't want to know what you think because here's what I think and I feel strongly about it. Prepare yourself. All right. So take a second and argue the morality part of it, if you would like, Caleb, or you can just jump on board with me. But cheat, cheat, cheat. I mean, you don't get in trouble for it, and Tennessee handles it better than anybody that their mascot isn't a Wolverine. Michigan handles it pretty good when the NCAA comes calling around because they just get their coach suspended and everything's fine. But Tennessee's a close second with the way they handled the Jeremy Pruitt situation. Cheat, cheat, cheat. So, I agree with you. And let me break this. Let let me. You're right. You can cheat without breaking a commandment in the Bible because you don't have to lie about cheating. 
Just be honest about it, and you'll even get less of a punishment. Now, be careful that there's nothing in the Bible about it. I don't know if y'all read all the stupid rules in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Numbers, okay? But there might be a rule in there about paying prospects of uh, cheating. I mean, they have the most, like, don't eat shellfish. Okay, that's a rule, apparently, in the Bible. And also another one, you should you should kill your neighbor if they work on the Sabbath. So they got some crazy rules in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. So they just might have something about cheating in one of those two books. But uh, for the most part, I'm with you. But cheat, cheat in the terms of secondary violations. Don't cheat like Fred and others are saying Nebraska cheated in the 90s because that's putting players' health at risk. Don't do that. Well, that players play? do that. That's not that. I mean, that doesn't come from the coaches, the steroids. I mean, that, uh, that comes... you notice Fred said that he noticed it in 97, but it didn't seem like they were in 99. You know, Nebraska Tom no, but... Osborne retired in 97 and Frank Solich was there in 99. There was yeah, a rumor that Tom Osborne was behind it. Well, I, I, I don't think that's the case. And I, I and the reason I think so is because I've seen it happen at a couple of different programs. And we almost broke a story where it was happening in Tennessee at one point. And it was one player who did it. They saw how much it helped him. And then it kind of spread through the locker room. So I don't think it's some sort of um, mass email that goes out to all players and says the D balls in the corner, feel free to inject yourself. So I don't think it comes from the higher ups, but uh, no, I don't want you to cheat in terms of steroids. But I'll tell you what, if it's well monitored, uh, I don't have a problem with it, to be to be frank with you, because you got guys in their 40s and 50s who take uh, testosterone. I know people that take steroids for testosterone replacement. Um, contacts are a performance enhancer. I don't want to get sidetracked on that. By the way, I use LASIK. No contacts and also no glasses. CCTIs.com. LASIK cataract surgery. They'll take care of you and they're local and they care about you. But cheap. Cheat, meet people all the time, meet prospects all the time. I got no problem with it because the NCAA isn't going to do anything to you. So I want to look at the message board. So I'm not going to say who is shooting up in the locker room, but let's just say I'm not going to say who's shooting up in the locker room. Uh, I'm not with the needle. No, I'm flabby. But am I wrong, guys? I mean, am, am I wrong just to say, wouldn't you like to see Josh Heupel? push the limits a little bit. We don't know if, that he doesn't. If it came down to James Pierce and, and or Nico or one of those guys, you're like, this guy's elite or Arian Carter. And I use them because you beat out other great schools, not necessarily what they've done at Tennessee, but I think Arian Carter is going to be that type of player. So thank you, Rocky Top Wrong. Uh, Rocky Top Wrong. Rocky Top Tom said you're wrong. So why am I wrong? I do appreciate that for you taking that stance. Now, the argument would be that you are, you have signed up for an agreement with the NCAA and your contract not to break those rules. But what if Danny White's on board? What if you say, hey, there might be times where I bump into uh, a prospect on campus and I didn't maybe necessarily know, is that okay, Danny White? And he says, oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Here's a gift certificate. Uh, to Copper Cellar, and you can go take them there. I, I think Danny White should be on board. I don't think you lie to your boss, but I, I don't understand why you don't cheat. My only question is the type of cheating we're talking about that wouldn't have ramifications. And this is this was my question with Bruce Pearl in the late two thousands. This is my question with Jim Harbaugh, and I'm not taking the moral stance. Here's what I'm saying: Are the benefits? Do the benefits from it? 
really outweigh the um, negative attention you're going to get? Like this, okay, you cover recruiting, Dave. Does a barbecue at Bruce Pearl's house really make a difference over whether or not he signs a prospect? Uh, I mean, does it, it, it? Does the talk hurt him with a future prospect? Yes, it could hurt him. I guess maybe. And, I don't. And but does it? No, I mean the specific prospect. You get the gift certificate to take an athlete to Copper Cellar. Is that? Prospect really going to say, man, I love that copper cell the coach took me to. I'm going to Tennessee. Does an athlete really do that? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think athletes get upset when they hear about cheating scandals. I don't think anybody that signed with Tennessee when the Pruitt stuff was floating around uh, was worried about that. Do you? No, um, but Tennessee was giving them bags of cash and McDonald's bags. Cash sells more than copper cellar. Okay. Well, I was talking about the guys after that signed okay. Tennessee. Ro- so, Rocky Top, is- go, go ahead, go ahead. This is why I this is why I bring this all up is because I don't think the cheating the type of cheating you're calling for I don't think gives you that much of an advantage so I don't think it's worth the cheating I don't think it's worth the negative pub you're going to get for the cheating I don't think it gives you that significant of an edge honestly that's my take on it fair enough uh, the message board seems to agree with you when others cheat you expect it and beat their rears anyway it develops character makes you a man I agree it's the better way to go but I got no problem. I'm not going to throw Josh Heupel under the bus if they do a news drop on a Friday, a news dump where they don't want anybody to know, just like they did with the revelation of the penalties for the NCAA. I got no problem if it comes out this afternoon that Josh Heupel's had some sort of secondary violation by meeting a a contact. I'm not going to rip him on Monday. Let's put it that way. Is that a better way to put it? Alabama cheated and built a dynasty from it. Nobody batted an eye. I think Antonio Langham still gets money from the University of Alabama's athletic department. Well, the thing um, Saban did that was very shady was he would oversign and then he would say, all right, a couple of y'all got to go to prep school. I don't have enough scholarships, which was, that was really pushing the rules of the time. I can, tr- I got, do you ever play Rook? I got the Trump card. I'm going to throw it down. I got the Rook. Why do you think he has 1500 analysts? Because <laughs> that's, they- that's, that's a loophole. <laughs> no, they're all supposed. There's only supposed to be eight coaches allowed on the field, plus a head coach by NCAA rules. What do you think happens? He was the first. Remember this to say to start excluding the media from practice. Before then, it was open. You trusted your reporters. The reporters respected the fact that if it was something, perhaps that could help an opponent, you didn't want to affect the game. That's the last thing you want to do as a reporter. You ran it by the coach. I know that because I accidentally said Jason Witten lined up wide and for an LSU game and Philip Fulmer didn't want that out and he blew my phone up and it was a mistake that I made. I should have asked about it. So my point is the Nick Saban has those analysts and then as soon as the media leaves, those analysts are running onto the field and they're coaches. And if you think about it, that has a monster impact. You have 15 coaches for 45 or 47 dudes in the NFL. You theoretically have nine coaches for 105 guys. Just think about it. There's no way you can handle that. Why is Alabama so much better? Sure, it's a part of Saban, and he's great, and he's a fantastic coach, even on the up and up. But you don't think 10 other coaches running out on the practice field after the media has gone after watching them stretch helps immensely? Yeah, it does. I mean, Butch Jones is a doofus, but there's something that he could do on that field to help somebody, surely to goodness. Yeah, no, I think you are right. I think this is what we're getting at. If you're going to cheat, cheat smartly 
and effectively. Don't cheat stupidly and don't get caught. And here's what I say, guys. Okay, I'm just going to say this to the message boards who do have a problem with cheating. Dave, give me this. Mine was not for a moral stance. I just didn't think the cheating you're talking about with Harbaugh was worth it. But I, it's not some moral objection I have to it, okay? I'm not some sanctimonious, like, cheating is bad person, okay? Because, guys, y'all should go to the website, doesyourteamcheat.com. I think that's what it's called for the NFL. It shows how <laughs> every single NFL team has cheated in the past, okay? Because Ev everybody used to think the Patriots cheated. Everyone, everybody in the NFL has cheated. Did you know the Buffalo Bills realized, Dave, that one of their gate entrances, if they opened it, there's a, it creates a massive wind tunnel, so they would open it every time the opposing team was kicking a field goal in the old stadium? Like, yeah, that's cheating. Story. The other one, the most, what's the most famous home run in baseball? The shot heard around the world, 1950, the Giants win the pennant, the home run that uh, won them the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. That was because of what the Houston Astros were doing, that they were sign stealing. They were sign stealing and they were giving signals to the dugout during that time with a telescope at center field. Why do you think there's green pastures at center field in baseball? Part of it's because of the white shirts. People can't see the ball. But the other part is people were using it to spy on catcher signals back in the day. And that's a very famous level of cheating. Everybody cheats. Thanks. It's not. I think Elias in three words was concise. Air quotes cheat okay but the the it's, it's 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 not all caps and then don't cheat which is Agreed. in all caps i don't know that Agreed. you could be more concise than that fully agree with elias on that cheat like cheat. you're right cheat like find ways around stuff two rules don't make it where it's a significant unfair advantage like steroids is putting stuff in your body to get an unfair advantage and don't don't get caught. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl should be closing out a couple of national championships and um, a Hall of Fame career at Tennessee. And I didn't think that way when he flat out lied uh, to the NCAA. I don't know that he flat out lied to Mike Hamilton. And I understand firing him because of that. But he should have just been honest from the get. And he is absolutely... Um, He's still the head coach at Tennessee, and he's one of the most beloved coaches in any sport of all time. The problem is he lied about it. So just be honest, Josh Heupel, when they come to you, and be honest with Danny White. Be honest with the NCAA, and then it's all good. Wait, let, and let me – and I'll, yeah, I agree. And Rocket Top Tom, I understand your point here with what you're going to say. I'm going to share the quote. We wonder why we have so many problems in our country today. We sit and wonder why do we have so many problems. Rocket Top Tom. I, if you want to debate me on the morality of cheating, I'm fine with that. But when you say today, you implicit in that is that that for a hundred years people haven't been trying to cheat recklessly in sports all the time. Okay, the spitball existed for a reason. Babe Ruth ate baseball in the 1920s. There was a medical theory that sheep te testicles work like steroids and make you stronger. And Babe Ruth ate sheep testicles, thinking it would make him stronger, violating a rule in baseball. So, Didn't think we'd go there. I haven't yes, tried. But what that I mean one. is, what I mean is, don't say today. Cheating is as old as the sports that are played themselves. Okay, cheating has always been a part of the sports. It's not like it's new today. Oh man, they, you. Yeah, I go ahead. The guys on the mess. Yeah. Okay. The cork bat. How? How? What was the first cork bat at, used after it was banned? I mean, we're go, we're going way back for that. Cheating has always been a part of the sports.
Okay, now you okay, can so say you're, you don't you're like talking that. About, you're talking about pine tar cheating. The the how far the pine tar can go up, it doesn't really help you all that much. No, no, no. no, 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 no I'm talking about uh, no, I know what you're not. But cork bat helps. Pine tar doesn't help. The whole George Brett thing that didn't really help. Green Wave said, "If your girlfriend doesn't know, is it cheating?" Well, yeah, yeah, it's cheating, but that's that's. A, but you got to be honest with her. All right. So going back to <laughs> where we stand on today's tough question originally, and this surprises me. Joe Milton's decision to play in the Citrus Bowl, and you can vote on our YouTube page right now, is up to him. He should take his time. Gets thirty three percent of vote. Needs to be announced as soon as possible. Gets 30% of the vote. Doesn't matter. Go Vols. So you're fine. Well, then some of you aren't the ones that are booking plans to go to Orlando and that are spending thousands of dollars to go to the game. Because I can tell you that a lot of people I talk to, if they knew it was Joe Milton 100%, they wouldn't go. If they knew it was Nico 100%, they would go. That's a fact. I talk to people about that all the time that mention that all yeah. the time portions of the program brought to you by Rick Terry jewelry design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jeweler. How about the fire opals, a Tennessee tradition, Rick Terry jewelry.com. So listen, I'm, I'm not a bad guy and I don't cheat myself and I don't lie. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in it because I think that pragmatically aside from the morality part of it, it's the best way to live your life. But the NCAA, I don't get a check from the NCAA. And if I'm Josh Heupel, I look at it. My check has a power T on it. And I'm going to do all I can for them. So I got no problem with it because they're not going to do anything to Jim Harbaugh other than sit him for a couple of games next year. And this is the guy who's trying to get out of it and get an NFL job anyway. It's just shameful. Uh, speaking of Florida State's status with the ACC, what does this mean for the, the future of college football? Because I think you've mentioned several times the ACC is trying its hardest to hold things together while teams like Florida State and Clemson look elsewhere. So what do we got on FSU now? Because I'll tell you what, um, when the ACC breaks up, you're going to have what I believe will be the next big realignment and will be the last big realignment and no matter how strong and ironclad that contract is i think it'll be broke eventually but i'm not sure you see it that way caleb so i think if it could have been broken it will and they haven't been able to get the schools to do it like and so here's what i think is happening florida state the board of trustees called a meeting today and it's to discuss one thing the legal avenues to leave the acc here's what i think is happening dave I think Florida State is taking the biggest Hail Mary risk that has ever been taken in college athletics, which is this. They're going to leave the ACC. They're going to accept the penalties, and they're going to take the risk that they'll be off the hook for those penalties because once they leave, enough other SEC, ACC schools will leave to dissolve the conference. They were quoted as saying we hope that, uh, that they hope this is a, quote, ripple effect. And here, that is that is the biggest Hail Mary I have ever seen to try to leave a conference. And here's a second Hail Mary. They're doing it without an offer from the SEC and the Big Ten. And it's debatable if the SEC is interested in adding Florida State. A lot of people don't think they are. And the Big Ten, it's debatable if they want Florida State because the Big Ten is still trying to stick with that whole AAU affiliation. So I think they'd rather have Miami if they were in the Florida market than Florida State. So Florida State 
is throwing the biggest Hail Mary. I mean, guys, this is the biggest Hail Mary in the history of sports. For a school, by the way, that did not do a Hail Mary 30 years ago, they took the safe route and went to the ACC to avoid having to compete in the SEC. So what do you think is going to happen, Dave? Do you think when Florida State leaves the ACC, it will create a ripple effect? Or is Florida yeah. State going to just be st- – or, or are they just screwed? Uh, when the ACC disbands, um, I think that the SEC would gobble up a Florida State and Clemson. I still believe that. Now, you don't necessarily believe that, right? I did until about a week ago, and I've read some stories now that that apparently report the SEC is not interested. And I'm also reading, and it's not just South Carolina and Florida that would block Florida State and Clemson. I've heard that Alabama doesn't want Florida State because the Alabama recruits the Florida Panhandle so well. They don't want Florida State in the SEC. And I've heard Georgia recruits the Florida Panhandle. They don't want Florida State in the SEC. Yeah, and here's the thing that Florida State and all, all its fans that are whining and crying you need to remember. You're, it's a TV show. Your quarterback got hurt. They, you weren't the most compelling TV show. And I'm, I'm sorry to Mike Norvell, who doesn't under, understand that, and so many Florida State, Florida State fans that don't. Somebody came up to me at the gym the other day and said, well, if, why didn't they just tell them on the front end that they couldn't get in if they went undefeated? Well, because then you wouldn't have had the TV show throughout the season. So you had the TV show throughout the season, and then you had an incredible ending to it. And um, the incredible ending was compelling. Florida State getting left out undefeated, that's compelling. It's compelling. And by the way, it may not be fair, but we've talked more, more Florida State than we ever did. And the simple fact is they're not one of the four best teams. Derek said they're not. at the end of the day, I'm glad FSU ain't in it. I am too. I would have left them out even if Jordan Travis was there. I don't care if they went undefeated with Jordan Travis. I think a one-loss Alabama and a one-loss Texas have a better resume than Florida State. And y'all can hate me all day for that. And if you got a problem with that. I don't think anybody hates you. Unless you got like four or five people behind your camera. I think everybody agrees with you. (laughs) And if if y'all got a problem with that, Florida State, you should have joined the SEC when you were asked to in 1990. Okay? This is solely your fault. You ran from competition. Cowardice has consequences. Okay? And Florida State chose cowardice. So on the long run, so you think, Dave, here's the question, because here's the thing. Florida State leaving the ACC, if they do this Hail Mary, the only way that that they get out of the grant of rights deal is if seven or eight other ACC schools follow suit and do the same thing and then dissolve the conference. Right. Which They tried to put that that group together before. And that, that group didn't come together. It took, what, like three quarters of the conference? Yeah, yeah, they were being strong. They need they need just a majority, but they couldn't get a simple majority. So Florida State, this here's what I think happened is happening. Florida State knows if they leave the ACC, they wreck the conference financially. So I think by voting to leave, then a bunch of other schools will just immediately they're taking the risk that a bunch of other schools who were on the fence about leaving will just like that jump up and leave. Like maybe a Georgia Tech who's not that valuable of a program but can't survive without the money Florida State's bringing into the ACC right now. I I think that might happen. Let me tell you why I think Florida State is crowing so much, okay? And I think there's a very specific reason. I think they're thinking about the future. Uh, When it it comes to your future, be sure you get Don self-involved if you're in the greater Chattanooga area. He's your State Farm agent, 423-396-2126, donself.net. Customer service still matters. For over 40 years, that's been the case. Everybody wants to save money, but what happens when you put that claim in? Donself.net, right below. Donself.net, support our sponsors. That's why we're here. I think Florida State has a little bit of a short man syndrome right now. And I think that 
they're not worried so much as getting left out of this playoff. What happens if what you're saying is true and the SEC doesn't want them and they're out of the ACC, they don't get in the SEC, and then suddenly you look at it from the perspective of, do we get in that mega conference that you and I were talking about yesterday that's 36 teams? Or do you look at the state of Florida and you go, you've got the state school in Florida. They're in the SEC. They're getting in. You've got Miami, which based off a TV market, and I think that should be secondary, but it's not to some people. And if you put together this mega conference, there are going to be people with seats at the table. They're going to say TV market matters. So you got Miami and the hurricanes, even though they don't take Florida, they don't take football nearly as seriously as Florida state. Could Florida state get left out of a mega conference. Is that outside the realm of possibility? Dave, that is an amazing point you just made. And I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Yes. Yes. Because here's what's happening. The mega conference that you talk about, this, this is going to move really fast, isn't it? When it happens, it's going to move really, really fast. The college football playoff contract for 12 teams only runs through 2025. Meaning this mega conference is probably forming in 2026 immediately. Florida State, because I, for me personally, I thought, why are they leaving? Because with the 12-team playoff, the ACC is going to get an auto bid every year, aren't they? Like, you could just beat up on the ACC because you got six conference champions get auto bids. ACC is going to be one of the top six. So I'm thinking, why are they leaving now? It just didn't make sense. And then I thought, oh, they know that this mega conference is forming in a couple of years. They see the writing on the wall, and they're trying, they are willing to throw the Hail Mary to get out now to try to get into that mega conference. That's why they talked about boycotting the bowl. Go for it. Because if I'm one of those decision makers that's going to be at that table putting together a mega conference in maybe 18 months, then you you boycott a bowl? Oh, you're, you're not a part of my mega conference. I'm sorry. That's the ultimate flipping your nose at the system. And I think the same, Derek brought it up. I think the same about Notre Dame too. You better be careful where you tread Notre Dame. Because some people are going to get left out. And I think that we think they're going to be the Oregon states and Washington states of the world, which you could make the argument that they should be left out. There's going to be one school that you're going to be surprised that gets left out, be it a Notre Dame or Florida State or somebody like that. Better be really careful. My money's on Clemson. I think Clemson gets left out because I think Clemson is about to kind of fall as a program. They had a lucky run in the 2010s that I don't think is sustainable. And I think the interest in Clemson is going to fade. By the time well, here's the, here, here's the other thing, too, is much like Florida is going to throw a fit for Florida State to ever get in the SEC, and they did in 92. Uh, ultimately, Florida State got the invitation, but they Florida threw a fit, and they should. South Carolina is going to throw a fit, and they've got an end with the SEC. And do we think that Clemson's going to be good forever? No, they could be a one-coach top of school with Dabo Sweeney. I mean, th- th- they're – there are schools that have had good runs because they had great coaches coming up, Kentucky, Paul Bear Bryant, um, that they're not going to be great every year because they're them. They were great because they had a great coach. So, yeah, I could see Clemson falling off the map as well. Long-term plan, North Carolina and Virginia are more valuable than Clemson as programs for either conference. Yep. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Rick Barnes nominated for the Naismith Hall of Fame as basketball uh, as Tennessee beats uh, Tarleton State. No relation to uh, Charlton. Charlton, who is from Fresh Prince. Rick Barnes is is a Hall of Famer. is is every award you can possibly get, and I don't say that without championships. He's one of the few that has put together that type of resume, like a Dan Marino or a Charles Barkley that didn't have a championship. That he's put together so much, it doesn't matter. He deserves all of the post career awards he can get. I th- at least that's what I think. What do you think, Caleb? Reminding you that the show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney, Plato and BanksandJones.com. Why Banks and Jones? Other lawyers say they'll go to trial. They won't. They'll settle and settle for less. Banks and Jones is ready to go to trial for you, criminal defense, and personal injury as well. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney. Why settle? Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones, BanksandJones.com. Um, am I wrong or am I right? Is he he's done enough to win everything post career, right? I, I believe he has, and yes, he's up for the Naismith Hall of Fame. He's a first time nominee, and Rick Barnes not is already in the Hall of Fame. That's kind of a good question. I don't know. I think I, I think they hold off sometimes with people who are. I think you have to be real special, don't you, to get in when you're still coaching? Like I think that's one of those. But Rick Barnes. Nice. This is going to be because I've been critical of him and Dave, you've been critical of him. I don't like his scheme. I don't like his philosophy, but I will say this about Rick Barnes. Kind of reminds me of David Cutcliffe. And I'm going to say it in this way. He's a coach in the old school sense. What do I mean by old school sense? He's not trying to out scheme you or out recruit you to win on the court. You know what he loves the most? He loves developing players. And there's not a lot of coaches like that in college athletics anymore. Is there Dave? Like I think Rick Barnes actually takes pride and developing players fundamentally enough to when they get to the next level, be that in Europe or the NBA, their skills are really refined and they're able to play at that level. That's exactly what Cutcliffe was. Cutcliffe loved developing players more than he loved scheme. I mean, he even said, I remember an interview with one time, he said, I coach because I love practice. Like he loved coaching practice. And that's Rick Barnes to me in basketball. And that doesn't always translate to the most successful coach in terms of wins and losses. But it, but at at its roots, isn't it isn't it what a coach is technically supposed to be? Yeah, and build young men. I mean, yes, it's it's all of that. I think he gets some credit for coaching Kevin Durant, who's one of the top ten players of all time. And Durant swears um, by him. Yeah, and so I mean, I think he's done plenty. Just one Final Four, right? Just one Final Four. Just one. But look at who he's developed for the. Yeah, right. I mean, I'd. I'd I don't have a problem with that. I wasn't surprised to see that. I, you know, and because of my, my son goes to school close, very close to the hall of fame. So we went this past year, they celebrate just absolutely everybody you can imagine. So why not celebrate a guy before God willing, he passes away. I mean, we, we saw what happened with Mike Leach and I'm not saying Mike Leach was a hall of famer, but things can happen. So why not? I've always thought this, why celebrate somebody because of some stupid five-year rule that like the NFL has celebrate them while they're, while they're there. When it comes to coaches, not players, but when it comes to coaches, 
So yeah, have him in the Hall of Fame now. He's he's done plenty. Um, and he should be celebrated. I got no problem with that. Uh, I think I think Bruce Pearl's close to a Hall of Fame coach. I think if you get to the Final Four and you coach for two decades in college basketball, you're pretty much in in my book. The thing with I think you need more than one Final Four. The the difference between Bruce Pearl and Rick Barnes outside of just the cheating scandal and the conduct thing that you have to say that Bruce Pearl, that Rick Barnes has never been a part of at all. The, again, there was the player development. I can't really name too many players coached and developed by Bruce Pearl that are, that were regular fixtures in the NBA. Can you, and I can name a ton no, of Rick Barnes coach players. I mean, Bruce Pearl had some good ones too, when he was at Tennessee and none of them really panned out in the NBA. Bruce Pearl is a system type of coach. He runs a system. It's when you bring up Mike Leach, like Mike Leach ran a system. And he finds players to fit that system and he runs it well. But there, and Josh Heupel is a system coach. He runs a system. There's a difference between a system and having a player and say he's a mold of clay and say, I'm going to refine him to make him perfectly ready for the pros when he's ready to go. And Rick Barnes does that better than anybody. Doesn't always develop character because uh Tristan Thompson played for Rick Barnes. And for those who don't know, he can't stop cheating on Khloe Kardashian. But <laughs> um uh he does develop players very very well and he pushed it he you know what really sold me was and this is a story of rick barnes that's underrated he just gotten fired by texas came to tennessee tj ford had just gone back to texas to get his degree and rick barnes went and spoke on behalf of tj ford at his graduation at texas the school that had just fired him because he cared so much about tj ford getting that degree that says a lot about rick barnes as a person that he did that no, it does. I, I think Rick Barnes should be in there. I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame. They celebrate the Globe Trotters. They celebrate everybody. Um, <clears throat> there are people in the Hall of Fame. That I was like, what? I mean, really? Uh <laughs> I mean, the, NBA lets, the NBA lets everybody in. I don't think my Hall of Fame standards are really high. Like, for instance, Dennis Rodman to me. It's is not, not the a NBA. It, it's a. It is just a Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, basketball standards are high. Dennis Rodman's a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer to me. Okay, he's the best rebounder of all time. But like. Being a great rebounder shouldn't be enough to get you in the Hall of Fame. Sorry, in my book. but No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. You think you personally, part A, part B, uh, most Tennessee fans, if you could blink your eyes and make uh, Bruce Pearl the head coach at Tennessee again and Rick Barnes the head coach at Auburn, do you think people would do that? And would you do that? I wouldn't do that. And I don't think people would. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Save it. Because we'll have that. Because I feel exactly the opposite. Okay, so save that one. But I know why. I know where you stand now. So that's going to be gritty good stuff next week. By the way, next week, we will, of course, be off for Christmas. So I want to take a second. If everybody can listen to me for one second that's on the message board that's on, on the show. Uh, Caleb, first tell me about the game last night and your, your thoughts on beating Tarleton state. And then I got, so I just want to, for those who know me and the way I judge this team, um, they didn't win last night the way I would like them to. Cause I think they should either win with dominating scoring inside or elite three point shooting. They had neither last night. They won with defense, which I don't think goes far in March. Um, kudos to Zakai Ziegler, Santi Vescovi had us come back. Uh, they both had double figures, but I don't put any stock into a game like this right before Christmas. You and I both know, Dave, that the players probably dialed it in and didn't even want to take the court last night. So, well, I'm glad we got Tarleton State in when I was about to say something very emotional to our fans out there. So, thank you a lot, Caleb. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's been, uh, 
we're with you next week, so we're not going away. But I, I do want to tell you to have a very Merry Christmas. Um, if your beliefs lie elsewhere, have a very happy holidays. Um, but I, I can't. The past couple of weeks have been phenomenal uh, on the channel, been phenomenal on the uh, the, the website, offthooksports.com. We're at a place we never thought we would be at this point. I will say this. We're really close to 4,000 subscribers. So if you want to tell a friend, we'd love to hit that by the end of the year. We're pacing to fall just short of that, to be honest with you. So tell a friend. That would be great. But more than anything, you and yours have a very, very, very merry, merry Christmas. We will be off on Tuesday. We're going to take an extra day off. And, uh, yes, hit the like button, Smoky Mountain Red. But uh, we, we've been more than blessed, so we're not, not going to ask you to do that right now. But if you want to hit the notifications and subscribe, you can. But, again, I can't thank uh, you guys enough. Uh, some of the guys like Smoky Mountain Red, Travis, and uh, some of the guys have been with us from day one. It's been a ride, brothers. Um, but it's been something. And Caleb, I know you'd like to say something as well before this uh, very special holiday. Yes, I want to say something just on the numbers because, um, guys, we're in the middle of December and we're having our fourth best month in terms of adding subscribers that we've had since we started this show. Now, fourth best doesn't seem like a lot. But our three best were one December is not even over yet. There's still 10 days left in the month or uh, yeah, there's still 10 days left in the month. And our other months were October of this year, September of this year and October of last year, all at oh, the nice. height of in season and yeah, in season football, we are lapping any off season month we've ever had right now in December. And, and, and I, I really, really can't thank you guys enough. I was dreading the off season. I was dreading what was going to happen when football season ended and you guys have really stayed interested and kept us afloat. And I, I, I even though I like to troll some of y'all, I know y'all like to troll me. I, I, I really do love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we get trolled by Joe Milton's dad. Um, I think I'll close with this. Green wave says, I can't think of a better way to close it. Merry Christmas to all you wild ass VFLs. Have a fantastic weekend. Merry Christmas for Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. We didn't celebrate Festivus this year. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.